0: Wouldn't it be great if you could hand every person in your life, including at work, a guide for how to behave? This guide would be their user manual that would give them explicit instructions on the most intelligent way to do everything according to you. It would outline how to talk, how to dress, how to respond, what to say, and everything they should do so that you can feel happy, have an easy life, approve of them, and enjoy your day more easily. It would also eliminate any uncomfortable conversations because they would just naturally do everything the right way, the way you want them to. This probably isn't going to happen, but that doesn't mean that you have to accept the way that things are and stay feeling frustrated because everyone around you seems to ignore all your great ideas and your desires in life. How often do you find yourself feeling stuck at work because your company keeps doing things the way they always have instead of adopting new policies, new technology, and ways of making work better for everyone? What about your family and friends and all the ways you wish you could get them to do things differently, like call you back when they said they would, show up on time, be more fun, stop criticizing you, or stop expecting you to do most of the planning for your fun social outings, or maybe pick up some slack with the cleaning at home? Wishing we could change people, trying to control them, and being angry, frustrated, or resentful of them for not being and doing what we want creates a huge portion of the challenges that we face in our life. It's one of the most common issues that clients bring up in our work. Most of us work really hard every day to manipulate, control, convince, and change people. You probably aren't aware that you're doing this, but it shows up in all the ways that you find people to be frustrating, and some of the things that you say or the way you react to things. As humans, we all desperately want people to change, even though they generally aren't interested in the change that we see for them. And the reason we want them to change is because we think that that change is going to make it easy for us to feel better or to feel happy. And sometimes maybe that change is exactly what you want, but a lot of times it's not. The thing is, trying to force change on someone isn't really the answer. And when we're doing that, we're resisting accepting people for who they are and how they operate. And they either resist our efforts or are oblivious to the things that we want them to do. Unfortunately, the only person who suffers from all of this effort each day is you. All of your effort to control and change other people and circumstances and resist what is robs you of the energy that you could put toward the things you can actually control and change. It keeps you from living a life that you want and having a job that you enjoy. And the people you want to change, like I said, they either aren't interested in your desires for them or they don't even realize that you're suffering. To be clear, I am not saying that you should ever just settle for something that you don't like or that accepting the status quo is the answer. Instead, I want to help you see why you want to control people in situations in the first place. And then understand how the way you want them to change or the way you want to make the change happen is mostly a waste of your time and energy. I am all for changing systems, making the world a better place, improving working conditions, and creating better personal relationships. It's just that attempting to strong-arm people and feeling angry about the lack of progress leads more to your own suffering and burnout than it does to any meaningful change. For example, consider a typical accounting firm. A lot of the management methods, evaluations, filing and work paper systems, billing and time systems, business development approaches, and even the approach to salary and promotions have likely been in place for decades. You probably have lots of complaints about the systems in place at your firm, as well as ideas for how you could change and improve many of them, especially some of those things like being in person, in the office, for long hours, during very specific hours or times of the year. And maybe you've been able to voice your opinions and ideas on these matters, but it seems like it always falls on deaf ears. Even when supposedly you're in a position to be heard, like you're on the management team, or the management team has specifically asked for your input. But when you lay it out and you give them a very excellent argument and very specific action steps, still nothing seems to happen. No action, no change. Instead of staying frustrated at this, The key here is to recognize exactly what you can control and what you can't. As they say, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't force it to drink. I've noticed this with my dog. She never drinks the water I offer her, you know, clean water from the house. But she loves to drink the filthy, muddy, contaminated water that she finds in gross crevices on our walks. It makes no sense to me, but I like to think it makes some kind of sense to her. And I think the same thing applies in life with other humans around us. So anyway. You can control what you put forward at work. You can propose solutions, examples, and ideas instead of just pointing out problems. You're probably already doing some of that. And you can control how you think, what you think, what you do in response to the decisions and actions made after your efforts. And you actually can control how you feel. You can learn to manage your mind and be more aware of what's going on with you so that you can show up in a different way at work. So today, let's focus on what you can do instead of trying to control and change people who don't seem to be interested in change. You're probably wondering if you're stuck in this situation forever, and if not, what choices you have. The most common options are to stay with exactly how things are, change things, or leave. But before you jump ahead to those decisions, the best place to start is with getting clear with what you're really dealing with. As in, why are you actually unhappy or frustrated or whatever your feeling is? As usual, I suggest you ask yourself some hard questions and actually answer them. That's actually the hard part, answering them and being honest with yourself. They might actually just be more uncomfortable, these questions. Not so much difficult or complicated. The point here is to be clear with yourself and give yourself the space to be honest and acknowledge what really matters to you and what you want, not what you think you should do or what you think is the right answer. Then you can decide how the other things like people, jobs, homes, food, cars, whatever it is that you're thinking about and frustrated with fit into that. So first, this may seem obvious, but why are you frustrated? Is there actually a problem here? What is the problem? Is it a fact? Is it opinion? Is it something that you're open to questioning? Is your dissatisfaction strong enough to motivate you to make a change? Sometimes we're frustrated, but not enough to make a change. And that's good to know. Are you willing to take the time and effort to attempt to change what you have and where you are right now? Is it something you want to tackle later on? Are you generally very happy with where you are? And you're happy to stay by accepting that the game of your current job or relationship is actually a very normal 50-50 of life experience. And when I say 50-50, I mean life is pretty much 50% of the time, excellent, great, wonderful, positive-sounding things. And the other half is not so positive. It's negative experiences, negative emotions, sadness. And we need both. We can't know and enjoy the good if we don't know the contrast of the bad. And sometimes we're just focusing on the negative and ignoring that we actually have a lot of really good stuff. So it's important to take the time to just kind of recognize that for yourself so you can decide which your situation actually is. Can you solve your frustration by shifting your focus to the things that you can control instead of on things that are not in your control? Or are you definitely completely and utterly miserable? And if that is true, be clear about why. Not simply because someone's a jerk or because it sucks or, you know, some blanket statement, but because of what you seeing them as a jerk means to you. They're probably always going to behave the way that you perceive as jerky, but why do you care? That's the part that really matters. Simply changing circumstances doesn't always solve your problems, and simply changing your mindset doesn't solve every problem either. However, being clear about the problem and identifying the options for change can help you find the path that will help you. A lot of times it's a bit of both, but you don't know until you really take the time to identify your problem. Often we tend to put ourselves into similar situations over and over when we don't take this time to identify why something is a problem for us and how we got into it in the first place. What I mean is that a lot of times leaving a relationship or a job, for example, is like taking off an old band-aid and putting on a new one, but you're putting that band-aid on a broken arm instead of on a small scratch. The band-aid is not a solution for a broken arm. And so you will continue to have similar pain and frustration when you start your new job. That's why taking the time to answer all these types of questions is so helpful. Okay, once you're clear on what the problem is for you, you can now make your decision on what to do about it. You might already even have the answer just by going through those questions. What most people do is completely ignore everything we just talked about and mentally block most of the situation. They might suck it up and keep showing up for work but hating every moment they decide this is the most that's available to them because this is as good as it gets. This is the most capable of or worthy of, etc. cetera. Sometimes they'll work hard and hope that eventually that'll pay off and they'll make a change someday when they're more confident, have more money, more energy, more time, or whatever it is that they're waiting for to happen for them. And that is a sure path to little, if any change because really nothing actually just happens. We step up and we make those things happen. We just may not realize it. So here are your three basic choices in most situations. One, you can decide that you like where you are and accept the way the people and circumstances around you are currently and stop resisting and fighting that. You can stop making it a problem for you that this is how it is. Sometimes this is actually a great option and it feels easy and good for you once you take the time to notice why you were making a problem in the first place. More often, that option feels really incongruent for you, and you decide that you like your reasons for being frustrated. And that is excellent insight. That's why you go through those questions that we started with. So this brings us to your other two options. First, you could decide to stay exactly where you are and continue to feel frustrated, but at least you know how to operate where you are. This is what I see a lot of people do when they believe their current job, relationship, or other thing that they're deciding about is their only option. It basically looks like continuing to do the same thing you've been doing. It's really no change. And a lot of times this is what it looks like if you don't even pause to do any of this work. And then your third option is to decide that you want something different. You can leave the job, the relationship, the home, whatever it is. Or you can keep working to change it, but with an attitude of patience and curiosity. Or whatever emotions feel more supportive to you enjoying your experience of staying. Hopefully you're not trying to choose something like complacency, because I think that would be more like the second option. Finally, to help put all of this into perspective, consider that not everyone shares your opinions, your enthusiasm, dreams, your limitations, your ideas, or your frustration. The thing that you think is most critical to change and that will completely turn the company around may be something that several other people in your firm absolutely abhor and refuse to ever do. The thing that you think is tearing apart a relationship could be the thing that someone else thinks is a vital part of a healthy interaction. Knowing that you guys differ so much is really important to see because it makes a lot of your own decisions very clear and it helps you see where you really do have control. And this is why we have conflict, but it's also why diversity of experience and opinions can be so useful in making change at work and in life. If you want to pursue change, get curious about why other people might have different thoughts about the problems and solutions. There may be some areas of common ground you can work with, or you may uncover the barriers that are keeping you from getting what you want. If you don't want to leave, but you don't want to accept the way it is, get creative. Consider other alternatives to what you have in mind. Consider other motives. Honestly, one of the most common barriers to change is fear or lack of energy. And it really depends on how that person describes their feelings. The person resisting the change that you want them to make likely fears feeling at that change or doing it wrong or looking stupid, especially if they're, say, the boss or the one in charge or the one that everything will fall on if it doesn't go well. And they're probably tired from the current method too. You may not even realize that, but they know how that one works. The uncertainty of trying something new is scary for them just as much as it is for anybody else. They will likely never tell you any of this, but when you let this perspective seep into your own mind and you consider it or try it on as a possibility, you may find more creative or compassionate solutions to getting what you want. Approaching things this way is one of my favorite things that I've picked up through my coaching tools. It has also helped me accept most people and most situations as they are with compassion. And I say most because I am still a human and I still get angry and frustrated with people. Like, that's never going to change. But I can usually come to a place where I can at least try on or understand someone else's take on things so that I can feel more comfortable with my own. I may not choose to maintain a relationship with someone or I may not choose to stay with a job or whatever the issue is. But letting them be who they are and appreciating them as humans just like I am helps me feel much more confident and calm to make my own choices and follow through. Now I want you to notice how none of the recommendations I offer today include how to change, control, or manipulate someone or something. We are letting go of controlling people. Such methods to control people or manipulate them, I think they exist out there, but I don't believe that they are sustainable, ethical, or really even very satisfying for you in the long run. There's a lot of things in psychology and things that you can use if you really want to manipulate. But I'm guessing if you're listening to my podcast, that's not who you are. That's not what you want. You really just want to feel seen and understood to have a life outside of work and to feel fulfilled like your work matters. All of that comes from you with what you choose to think about yourself and the world, not from other people's words or actions. This is really some of the most powerful work you can do in your life. And it will really change your experience of everything. To recognize that the control is within you. You can let go of the need for other people to do anything for you. And when you do that, your life gets more interesting. You have more energy and you will be amazed at what you can accomplish with joy and determination. So have fun not controlling people this week. Thanks for tuning in and remember to come back for more each week to keep your brain operating at its highest level so you can enjoy your accounting and finance career while also having a life you love. Want even more tips on living a life you love while feeling less stressed and more fulfilled in your accounting and finance work? Get on my email list where I share new perspectives every week. Seriously, I think you'll enjoy these emails. Sign up at the link in the show notes or by visiting my website at saranamachek.com.